Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Good evening, Facebook family. Welcome to another episode of Post Daily Dose with me, your trusted parenting advisor with the gray hair in his eyebrow, faithful guide and servant on the healing journey. What's my name, Big Papa Brian Post? Hope you guys are doing fantastic on this tremendous Thursday. I flew all day t- yesterday, so uh, <clears throat> in a different time zone, trying to get caught up with everything in my head, mostly. So I uh, wanted to, to hop on here and chop it up with you guys just a little bit. Recently had a um, mom reach out regarding her new adopted child who's three years old. And it's a family. It's a family kinship placement. And it um, I don't always get to work with with young children. This is a, a you know three-year-old. Usually the children I work with come in, you know, I've worked with some three-year-olds, but usually it's five years old and up. And it reminded me of a conversation. Hello there, Mimi. It reminded me of a conversation I had once with um, a with Marty Glenn on a podcast that I was doing before a podcast even became popular. And we might have those recordings somewhere on postinstitute.com. I'm not sure, but I did a whole series and can't even remember what the title of the show was where I interviewed all these different experts and I'd hop on and this whole kind of podcast platform before there was ever even a podcast. But then during those times, those guys were like, oh, this is the wave of the future. And of course, it just happened to be like 20 years early. So now podcasts are very popular. But I remember one episode I did with Marty Glenn. Marty Glenn is one of my favorite people in the whole world. Um, she currently is the clinical director for Rizio. Rizio, I think it's just Rizio.org, maybe, .com, R-Y-Z-I-O. But Marty and her husband, Ken, were the founders of... Santa Barbara Graduate Institute, which was a pre and perinatal psychology graduate program in Santa Barbara, California. And I was on the faculty for Santa Barbara Graduate Institute for years and years and years. And if you've ever seen that video, Trauma, Brain, and Relationship, that I'm featured in, along with Daniel Siegel and Bruce Perry, Marty Glenn is also in that. But anyway, Marty is a pioneer, absolute pioneer in the areas of pre- and and perinatal trauma and attachment. And I remember I was interviewing, hello there, Colton, hello, Amber Davis, and hello, Brooke, uh, Miss B. I was um, interviewing um, Marty. And we were talking about adult working with adults and trauma and early attachment challenges. And I said, well, Marty, tell me what is the difference between working with adults versus working with kids? And she said, you know what, Brian? There is no difference. It's all the same. And I I just love the answer because it just was, you know, so simple and so, so straightforward because... 
it's always when you're working with trauma, especially early developmental trauma, which is trauma that occurs during during childhood, you're always working with an emotional age. You're always working with a regressed state. You're always working with a wound that occurred early in the developmental stages. And Bruce Perry says that when you stress, you regress. Well, really, he says when you stress, anytime we, we move into stress, we automatically revert to an earlier developmental zone of comfort, which means when you stress, you regress. That's why when working with trauma, I'm always talking about working, meeting your child at the emotional age and seeing them at the emotional age because the one of the greatest gifts that we have when it comes to helping our children to heal is repetition. Repetition changes the brain. So just repeated repeated experiences of positive relationships and environments is what changes the brain as well as emotional impact. So emotional impact is typically what causes the trauma to begin with. So in talking to this mom, um, you know, it just made me start thinking about my, you know, kind of my early attachment parenting um, experiences and, and working with small children and all the good stuff that I'm looking forward to, you know, spending time with them on. But, you know, doing things like feeding your child, we don't, we for completely forget about that. You know, our child gets a little bit older, we forget about, and you don't necessarily have to feed your child, like, you know, hold their, hold their fork and put it, put it to their mouth, but bring, and you guys have heard me say stuff like this, bringing them things to eat nurturing them you're taking care of them spending time affection holding um listening to the emotional age you know when they're upset seeing the emotional age seeing the regressed state and attending to the regressed state like with a three-year-old probably a regressed experience for her is regressing back to infancy well we don't always see that in fact i was having a conversation with with this mom and she was talking about you know in daycare she had the little girl had gotten upset with another friend and then when when it was time to go she didn't want to get in the car seat and so it's just like the screaming the screaming tantrum she had mom was really trying to understand and i said you know number one anytime you're interacting with other peers it's stressful so that is enough that rejection from her peers is enough to make her upset it's enough to stress her out and then number two there's the transition of going from school to going to the car seat huge transition transitions are always traumatic and then number three there's the food issue you know she's hungry and she's she's stressed at that very core level all those go into that early regressed experience so i just start thinking about all the things that we would do for a three-year-old that a lot of times we forget when our children turn 18 or they turn 12 or they're nine because they're older but in, in reality a lot of times the healing things that you do with your young children as you're training their brains and i'm gonna sneeze i don't know what's causing that as you're teaching them are the same things you do with your younger wounded children here it comes Woo! bless me god feel much better so that's just something that i was thinking about um you know, as you're in your day-to-day -day struggles, I know how difficult it can be because stress is gives us an invitation. It gives us an emotional invitation to an earlier stressed out place within ourselves. And so it is not uncommon. It's actually more common than not that when our children stress, 
guess what? We stress. When we stress, we regress. When we regress, we act out from earlier developmental stages. So it is not uncommon that when your child is stressed out and acting like a thank you so much there, Amber Davis, and thank you, Gareth. Thank you, Angela. All the blessings. I love the blessings. I need to just walk around sneezing more often. Just get blessed, blessed, and more blessings. We all need more blessings. Bless all of you as well. Thank you very much. So it is not uncommon that when your child stresses and then regresses, they create they create this window, this emotional invitation is what I call it, which really is just a signal that their brain sends to your child, their your child's brain sends to your brain, and it's an invitation for you to regress. And when you regress, guess what? You a lot of times regress to an earlier, you know, hopefully not a two-year-old stage, sometimes, but you regress to an adolescent stage maybe. And then from that stage, you're trying to parent your child. And then what you find is that you guys just continue to create the same negative feedback feedback loops over and over and over again. And that's just a conditioned state. I want you guys to remember that in any given situation, both for you and for your child, in any given situation, you're doing the absolute best that you can in that moment. In that moment, you're doing the absolute best that you can. If you could do any better, you would. None of us. None of us want to feel rejected. None of us want to feel abandoned. None of us want to feel not good enough. Because at the at the end of the day and at the bottom of it all is the drive for relationship. We are biologically engineered to be in relationship. And so we ultimately all want to be in relationship. We all want to be connected. We all want to feel good with the people who love us. We don't want to feel bad. Nobody wants to feel bad. Even if it looks like it and they talk like it and they say it and they behave in a certain way, nobody really wants to feel that way. We're just doing the best we can in the moment that we're in the midst of it. And, and you know, it's our responsibility. It's the other person's responsibility in that moment to see that stressed out, fearful child. And sometimes you just can't do it. You just miss it. And when you miss it, that's okay. That is okay. You know, there's always the next moment. And there's always the next day. And I do want to say one one last thing. Thank you, Leslie. I do want to say one last thing. Um, some of your children are getting older. You know, they're in their later teenage years. They're 15, 16, 17, maybe even 18. And you guys have had rough journeys with them. And now you're just getting to Big Papa in the later stages of their adolescence. And, and you're really wanting, finally wanting to do something different. I've had several families lately whose children are just coming out of residential treatment after two years and three years. And I'm like, oh my goodness, because nine times out of ten, nothing's changed for the child. And so it's like this huge setup for the child and this huge setup for the family. And, you know, parents want to do the right thing. You want to do better. You, you carry this, this unconscious guilt and shame about the child having to be in residential anyway. And so, you know, the child carries this unconscious feeling of rejection and not good enough by having been, been sent away. And so everyone feels not good. In order to do something different... Now, John, John's going to call me right in the middle of my daily dose, and he just popped on here and knew that I was on it. Now, I wonder why he'd do that. In order to do something different, we've just got to slow down. 
We've got to slow down and realize that none of us are perfect. We all mess up and we're all going to mess up. And it's just sometimes you just have to honor the fear. And sometimes you just have to honor the fact that, look, this is going to be rough and we're going to screw up and you're not like going to like me and I'm not going to like you. But you know what? Underneath it all is love and we're going to get through it. Tomorrow is a new day and we're just going to keep doing this thing, this little dance until we figure it out. And just the fact that you guys keep showing up speaks to your awesomeness. It speaks to your power. It speaks to your amazing ability to look through all the craziness of fear and anxiety and confusion and control in our world and seek to find something different so you can be someone different in your relationship with your child. And I commend you for that. It is the most admirable, honorable thing ever in this crazy world that we live in. Because it is indeed a crazy one. So that's all. Enough of my ranting for today. I hope you guys have a fantastic day. Hey, Jason Schaffer, thanks for dropping those 50 stars on me, brother. And Gareth, you're absolutely right. RTC is oftentimes a road to prison. But we want to be the light in the middle of that dark path and hopefully shine a light on a new path. That is our our hope and, and our, our calling and our our passion for many of us in many, many instances. So remember, in any given situation, you always have two choices. You can continue to react from the same blueprints of stress, fear, and overwhelm, or you can stop, slow down, take three to ten deep breaths, and choose love. And I hope you choose love in every possible situation. And the ones that you can't, the ones that fear just runs away, hey, forgive yourself. It's okay. There's always the next time, and there will be a next time, and then there's always tomorrow. God bless you, Big Papa loves you. You guys are amazing and awesome, and I'll see you. Join us live on weekdays at 6.30 Central Time on Facebook at the Post Institute. Don't forget to get your copy of Brian's best-selling book, From Fear to Love, on promotion. Shipping and handling at www.feartolovebook.com That's www.feartolovebook.com